Real Marketing Rack is brought to you by Tim Bush and me, Joe Edwards. And we talk about everything marketing. We'll tell you as it is, jargon free and no BS. We'll have guests every week from high rollers to first starters, all from different industries and disciplines within the marketing world. We're here to set the record straight with nothing but marketing realness. So this week we've got Dan McLaren, who's head of digital at sports sponsorship and comms agency at SQN. Dan's uh, been in the sports world for quite a long time. I think we may have insulted him by calling him old a couple of times in this <laughs> in this interview, which was never the intention. Just that he is wise beyond his years. Um, and uh, yeah, great chat with Dan. So looking forward to getting into this one. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Let's get into it. Got Dan here today, Dan McLaren, who I would say is a uh, digital sports vet. It's probably uh, almost 10 years now. Almost so. 10 years. Yeah, that's a that's veterinary status in my, <laughs> in my eyes. Um, thanks for coming uh, along to Real Marketing Rap pod- Podcast. A real pleasure to have you on. What are, what are some of the biggest changes you've seen, sort of particularly with like the fan behaviours and that kind? Of I think, con- considering when I first got into it, it was kind of 2009, 2010. So Twitter was just starting to kind of really take to the fore. Rio Ferdinand, Shaq O'Neill, Robbie Savage, yeah. probably the leaders yeah. in terms of that and some of the clubs like Liverpool and Chelsea was, and Arsenal were starting to pick up on these things but over that period it's gone from being quite simple you know what can we do on Twitter to engage fans what can we do to Facebook to a lot more complex yeah I think it's fair to say so and the fan behavior obviously everyone's become a lot more mobile centric yeah so it's gone from how do we make things look good and engage with fans on desktop to mobile which is a different behavior yeah and kind of how do you get past the, the swipe yeah and actually engage with people. Um, so I think that's one is that kind of technology in terms of um, what fans use and how they use it and trying to keep up with that technology. It's a weird thing in the fact that it's really fast moving, but it's really slow at the same time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Like, I think you end up in a world. I think this is, this speaks for like all in my previous experience as well is it's kind of like this chicken and egg thing where the consumer drives some of the change and then the brands will drive a bit of the change and the technology will drive a bit of the change. And I think one of the other things is that access to athletes. Yeah. Is another thing that's probably been a big change. You know, I mentioned the kind of the first people to take up with it. And you have Dana White at UFC as well. Yeah. Really engaging, but you know, there wasn't a huge amount competing with it. Yeah. Because there are only so many kind of influences around. Yeah. yeah. Now it's just so congested. It's really hard to stand out. But now you've got things like the Players' Tribune yeah. come along, Otro, which I know you want to speak about later. Yeah, yeah. Those ones where the players are taking more control. I think that scared a lot of clubs. Yeah. I remember going around in early 2010 to the likes of Ipswich and Sunderland and uh, a couple of cricket clubs as well. And the whole concept of them having to lose control yeah. of the messaging and in, engage with fans and go on these platforms, they just weren't prepared. They didn't really want to know it that um, So you, until the momentum behind them that yeah, everyone starts to do it now, it, you know, we didn't get onto Twitter till 2013. Um, because we are obviously totally ad-libbing, I totally forgot to, for you to introduce yourself. <laughs> We're going to add that 
Yeah, it's like, we'll, we'll stick it in. We'll <laughs> stick it in. Don't worry. In fact, we might just leave it running uh, and see where we go. But we will de- definitely do an introduction at some point. <laughs> do it at the end. Yeah, we'll do it at the end. That sounds like slick as ever, aren't we? My word. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, to the point, as always. Basically, all you've stated so far is the fact I'm old. I've been doing this a long time. Yeah, but yeah. that's good. That's it's called experience, right? <laughs> that's all people need to know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah, obviously you, you've been in this uh, industry for a long, long time, as we've established. <laughs> and um, I guess yeah, we get your keep bringing it up. <laughs> yeah, keep bringing it up. But um, now I guess it'd be good to get your thoughts on um, I guess where the industry is going. So I mean, you've already commented that um, when you kind of first started seeing some of the um, you know football clubs etc. embracing um, digital platforms, Twitter was kind of the main kind of tool, if you like. Obviously, those tools have changed over time. We're seeing the athletes taking a lot more control, and therefore the clubs losing the ability to kind of control that message. Um, where do you kind of see this going? And I guess you know. How do you think the sports kind of right holders, I guess, are going to sort of future proof themselves with, you know, um, the changes in tools and, and the athletes themselves taking a lot more of the control and any thoughts on how they future proof themselves? Um, I think it's quite hard because I think federations and clubs have traditionally been quite slow to react um, compared to a lot of others. I mean, the sports generally, you know, is you're seeing sports being threatened by, um, you know, test cricket, longer form live sports content. Does it have a future? Formula One, is it too long? Is it losing yeah. the modern viewers? Those kind of things. Golf kind of producing shorter formats, three by three in basketball. Yeah. NBA kind of saying they're looking at shortening breaks. Yeah, that was recently timeouts, came around, like didn't that, it? Yeah. Sort of mentioning. The fact they're using the data that they're getting from broadcast from digital and helping that shape the game those who probably react and, and you know accept the fact that things are always in flux yeah things always need to change the ones who uh, know this is the way it has to be cricket's looking at you know the 100 ball yeah um which i think is slated for next year 2020s taking over but there's still a place for test test cricket yeah. within that um, Formula One's looking at how how it can future proof itself. I think a lot of people are looking at it going, everyone's going electric, but there's already an electric series. Yeah, yeah. Where the hell is this going to go? So yeah. some are going to be quick to react um, and be okay. Some are going to be big enough where they're just going to be okay. Football, yeah. FIFA is going to be fine because yeah. they can just throw money at it. Some of the sport, smaller sports might be a little bit under threat. There's new sports coming up where you have like kind of robo race, is that going to come in at some stage? Uh, drone racing. Yeah, I've actually got a friend who does that. He seems to be doing quite well for himself. He looks as well. mad. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely bonkers. Um, so, you know, and there's, because um, you can basically access any sport anywhere in the world now. Yeah. There might be sports that are very local at the moment that become global sports. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to future-proof yourself when you don't know what, the future is um, i guess it's I about think, kind of staying customer centric and and kind of listening and kind yeah. of having a culture of of change a bit like any industry in some ways um you know that's probably the the core sort of ingredient rather than any single kind of platform or whatever yeah you can't be kind of reliant on okay this platform's going to sort out our sports 
yeah. paper over the craft. Yeah. And it's that whole shiny, shiny new object type thing where um, you go chasing after the newest thing without kind of any proper strategy behind it or what your future's going to look like or why you're doing it. Um, so, you know, that's going, that's going to be a big part of what they do. The audience is going to drive where the future is going to go, but at the same time, the tech companies have got a huge influence now. You know, I'm always, at the moment, I'm very, with social media, I'm quite, even though a large part of my job and my background has been social media, yeah. it's becoming more and more of a paid platform. Yes. Um, how many people now actually look at Facebook and go, I know what we're doing on it. Yeah. Beyond it being a paid platform. Yeah. Instagram, everyone's flocking to because it gets large engagements. But I was really looking at what that engagement is. Yeah. You, we put up a post on Instagram. How many likes are you getting straight away? Yeah. And it's like, that's probably not reflective of what's actually happening. Yeah. Yeah. And it's owned by Facebook. Yes. And Facebook at some stage, you're going to monetize Instagram properly. Yeah. Yeah. So you can see, you know, there's a danger of putting too much emphasis on, on platforms that you don't own. Yeah. This is probably key. One. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think there's definitely this balance of how much you do, how much you own and how much yeah. you put out. Yeah. And I, I think that's a, uh, an interesting bit for the future. Cause yeah. you know, I were Henry Royal Regatta. Uh, I think last year it hit like, you never, you know, in terms of spikes, it's yeah. five day events. You go nothing, nothing, nothing. Yeah, massive spike yeah. down to nothing yeah. again very quickly. But you know, watch times like thirteen million minutes. Yeah, on there. But the purpose behind it is to make it well known globally, and you're not going to do that behind a paywall. No. no. So you know, and it's very high production. Yeah. And there's more events that are doing that. So if you're doing that for a particular reason, and you're going, okay, we're not really going to monetize that element. Yeah. Of it, but there's things we can do further down the line. Yeah. Then great. And as you say, YouTube's not going anywhere. Yeah. I think it's still underutilized. I've always been a big fan of YouTube. Yeah. I've done a lot. Over yeah. the last few years of YouTube, working with brands, working with rights holders. Yeah. I mean, Mike, even just, I, I hate to bring up the classic market. It's like the classic thing a marketing guy says, he's got a couple of kids, but you look at the way my kids are using it. <laughs> it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. Like my boy would be stuck on it 24 seven if he got the chance. My nephew is on it 24-7. Yeah. He watches like Minecraft videos, yeah. all those kind of things, just on it all the time. They're actually yeah. restricted down a weekend. Yeah, that's good. Um, <laughs> but he used to watch like Postman Pat in Spanish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> completely random yeah. things. But, you know, there's, there's a reason why some of these creators are huge and why they tap into kids yeah. because that's what they want to listen to. Yeah. And they want to get better at something. They're looking at Minecraft and going, how can we be better, better? Oh, this person's talking about it. We can help us. Yeah. It's the same reason we go on it. Yeah, yeah. Try and educate ourselves. Yeah. Okay, next one. If you, if you had to kind of do that snog man and avoid between like the influencers and ambassadors, VR and IoT, well, what, what, what do you do? Dear place for all of them. Yeah. They're all at different stages. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say avoid any. Right. Because most a lot of people probably say avoid influencers. Yeah. But I'd wholeheartedly disagree with that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It depends on what your definition yeah, of influencers yeah. and how you approach yeah, it. Yeah. If you just want it going out there and you're paying people to lots of money to go and post your things with no real care of who they are, yeah. who their audience is, that kind of thing, that's money that you're never going to see again. Yeah. But you know, is that basketball influencers? Are those influencers media people? Are they yeah. players? Yeah. Are they people who have built up followings organically and have their own communities? Yeah. Do you want to tap into a lifestyle element? 
Yeah. So, you know, you look at, say, PSG at the moment, they're becoming a lifestyle brand. So they're going to have a lot more reach and they're looking to reach outside of the football. Yeah. You're not going to get that with football influencers. They look at other influencers. Yeah, yeah. But they lean a lot on Neymar and Mbappe. Yeah. So there's a reason they're worth a lot of money outside of what they bring to the football yeah. pitch. Yeah. Um, so influencers, I think, done in the right way. Yeah. There's a lot of influencer agencies yeah, there are. out there, some better than others. Absolutely. But if you're a brand and you've got a very definitive campaign or results that you want to get, and it's you can measure it, then great. Yeah. If it's just engagement, then what is engagement? Who are they? All those kinds yeah. of things. It's hard to track who they are. Um, but if you're, I mean, influence marketing, if you're, there's a reason why certain brands others don't yeah um if you're looking to download you know launch an app or something like that which is easy it's a link that goes onto somewhere and you can see how many people are downloading it yeah it works yeah because it's an internet purchase using internet yeah if you're doing an influence campaign you want to measure it out of how many cars we're going to sell you might be disappointed yeah but i used to work with mercedes and they did the whole youtube campaign on their own channel rather than influencer. Yeah. Using the Top Gear guys. Yeah, yeah. Because they produce beautiful content. Um, yes, they But do. they knew it was a six-month cycle. Yeah. It'd take from first thinking about buying Mercedes to actually buying one was at least six months. Yes. So they wanted to be there in the process for all of it. Yeah. Um, and it's how they get the message out there and how they keep in with regular people. Yeah. I mean, influence is always going to be because it's that word-of-mouth marketing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't avoid. Yeah. Maybe it's a snog at this stage. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. Next up. Yeah. We are one because last year I was involved with um, Audience of the Future. Yeah. Which was a government initiative, which had two parts. I was involved in two of the three parts of the process. One part was. Um, Basically, they're looking to invest in up-and-coming ideas. Yeah. So this part two that I got involved with was it had been narrowed down to, I think, 12 different pitches, which were collaborations of various ones, of which three were sports. Yeah. And I got to sit in all the sports ones. So we had a cricket one, a Formula One, and an eSports yeah. presentation. Very senior people. Yeah. Disturbingly, out of about 30 people in three pitches, all were blokes. Wow, which was said yeah. something yeah. about it, but I mean, it was they were they were going for four million pounds worth of funding, right? And this was virtual reality with the objective that they wanted to kind of help the creative industry figure out VR and also bring down costs and access, yeah. make access easier. Yeah, um, esports was actually the one that came out top. Yeah, they, which was led by ESL. Yeah, which was very very slick. Um, so their main project, which is worth keeping an eye on to see what comes out of it, is called Weaver. Yeah. So it's W-E-A-V-R. Yeah. So that was announced at the start of this year. Um, that would be very exciting in terms of how esports can utilize yeah. VR. Uh, the others wanted to do something, but their presentations were at different standards. Yeah. Um, and then over Christmas, I was part of another one, which is more of a research one, which which wasn't just sports. I don't think it was any sports yeah. in there, but I think I marked like 17 different proposals, wow. um, which were all VR yeah. ones at various state, different stages of it. So it's a great insight to kind of where we are and what people are trying to do. Yeah. So they're trying to 
create more opportunities to be more creative on it and lower those barriers to entry. So at the moment, it's quite expensive to yeah. do anything in VR. But can we develop the technologies that help make it cheaper and more accessible? Wow. So yes, we're kind of, whether we're on the way up on the bell curve. Yeah, yeah. I think we're, you know, because we've had the hype bit. Yes, we have had the hype bit. And we're kind of, are we at the trough of despair? Uh, Disillusionment, Disillusionment, is it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So whether we've kind of gone through that and we're now starting to come out the other side of it. um, But it's just a long but, you know, it's not going to happen in the next year, two years, which are three years, five yeah. years, ten years before you kind of say, yeah. which is why a lot of people have put more into AR yeah. because it's more immediate, it's mobile phone based. So the, the kind of isolation of it, yeah. you know, how many, you're not going to sit on the cheek with everyone sitting there with a the headset yeah. on. Yeah. I, I, you know, after about ten minutes of it, I'm about ready to throw up. <laughs> yes, there is that element. I think it's back to about 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And that is a massive thing. It's to do with the, because the, it's, it's not quick enough with the with the frame rates. Yeah. So it has a blurring effect, which the brain can't handle. Got you. There you go. Learning. Always <laughs> learning. So let's do quickly IoT and then we'll move on. Cool. Um, yeah, I think this is probably even further away. Uh, I don't think we've even seen a scratch at the surface of what IoT could do. You know, there are massive security concerns around it. Yeah. Um, which is going to inhibit it. Uh, a lot of people, I think, are getting used to it with the Alexas and the Googles. Yeah, you know, yeah. you want to turn your lights on by voice command. Or yeah, yeah, there was all that. Kind of, uh, I have an Alexa. Yeah, that's as far as I'm going. Yeah. Been your your best interview <laughs> and uh, and kind of why and and what happened with that interview that, that made There's you been stand no doubt. <laughs> Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Come on, dig the dirt. Politician. <laughs> uh, I mean, I love. I mean, I started podcasting. Probably two and a half years ago now. Yeah. Um, mainly because I got, I didn't want to write anymore. So yeah. I'd been blogging since 2010. Yeah. And kind of lost interest in it. And I'm not a very good writer yeah. anyway. It's very conversational writing. Yeah. And, but I love sitting down one on one with people and talking shop. Yeah. And it was like, well, why don't I just put a microphone in there? Obviously, it doesn't work that way yeah. because people react differently as yeah. soon as a microphone gets yeah. fun. I was lucky enough to, I met up with a guy called Brian Solis. Yeah, uh, I know that man. Yeah. Spent his time going around the world doing keynotes talks. He's yeah. written several books, yeah. uh, like on user experience, marketing, all kinds of, really, really nice guy. Um, managed to record a podcast with him. It was only like 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, but he's just really insightful, lovely, lovely guy. Yeah. I got to interview him on stage uh, when I was, yeah, and that. Yeah. which is the other thing I love doing in interviewing is I love moderating yeah. events yeah. so I've interviewed panels I've done one-on-one interviews with yeah. this is one of my favourite things to do one of my favourite ones in terms of content was actually Bob Tate who's head of digital up at Middlesbrough still okay uh, I've known him for a few years and it was one of those you know when you're kind of looking at the history of someone yeah. and you find something and he'd have some problems with uh the mental side of things, yeah. so his, his mental health. Yeah. And it was all those, do I bring this up? Do I not bring it up? And I thought, go with it. Yeah. And it was actually a fascinating part of it. And he got quite a few people going back to him because it was the first time we'd ever spoken about it. Wow. Wow. And he got quite a few people, because as you know, when you interview people, you yeah. hear nothing. The person you interview gets to hear all the kind of, yeah. um, what, they, all the, what they think of it. So Bob had never spoken about it before. Yeah. And... It ended up being quite a key element of that conversation. 
and he got some really lovely feedback about it because it's something that people don't speak about especially in the sports industry yeah. and it's becoming more and more prevalent now but it was just a really nice human story yeah a lot of it when it's these business ones we don't touch on the human side yeah. at all yeah. Yeah, and it's one of the few where there's been a really, really nice human story to it. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I mean, I've recorded one with Mark Clements, who's football focus guy. Yeah, and then we had a kind of he taught me a lesson on kind of like how to do um, projecting your voice and how yeah. to how to okay. remember scripts and things yeah. like that afterwards, which is great. Kind of gave me a little lesson. Yeah, really, again, really, really nice guy. And um, Rena from Fee. Yeah, yeah, okay. He's been on the podcast. Yeah, he has. Yeah, in uh, fact, that was probably the first. Might have been the first time I'd heard the podcast was Rena actually. Because yeah. I met him at Seat Conference, where again I was moderating a panel that he was on in his yeah. lovely pink. Jacket. Yeah, he loves that jacket. <laughs> he loves that jacket. His 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 dress sense is something to behold, isn't it? It is amazing. <laughs> always looks good. <laughs> yeah, always looks annoying. good. So yeah, those have just been some. I've probably done what 120 on digital sports side uh, because I've been in the industry as you keep saying, quite a long time. Yeah. <laughs> you go to them, you don't actually, I would say I don't learn that much. It's yeah. more about who's going. Yeah. Um, I've been to, I mean, I've been to Sports Pro Live, I've been to Leaders, I've been to Seat Conference, I've been to various ones. Not many outside the UK. Yeah. Um, I can never get people to pay for it. <laughs> I'd love to go to like Sport Alley yeah, in, yeah. Uh, in Monaco or something yeah. like that, or Can. Yeah. Yes. Which I'm sure you've probably been to. And I, no, haven't. I haven't actually. No. no. Can is the one I really have not got to yet. And South by Southwest, actually. South by Southwest, I have to go to. Yeah. Um, it's always been one that I suppose a couple of people went this year as well. And if you can get out of just what, just the sports bits yeah. and go to some of the other bits, it's just so much that's coming yeah, on. Yeah. Yes. It is, yeah, there is a lot going on in that, in yeah. that conference. They've definitely expanded from what it was when oh, yeah, it first started. And some will just do their own things in hotel rooms. Yeah, yeah and totally. Bits and pieces. One, one of my funniest moments of going to an event, and actually I quite, the one that I quite like going to is Adobe Summit. Never been. Okay, so it's, it's, it really is like a marketing technology-based mm. kind of event. But I actually helped um, with an aspect of that event when I was sitting in an agency. And uh, the social team picked up on one of their competitors in a hotel over the road going that product's too expensive come and have a chat with us we'll undercut them and chop well, totally hijacked the hashtag yeah. and i just thought that was like a very smart way of doing it but again the adobe social media team were hot on it and, and just shut it all down pretty yeah. quickly by with the relationships they have with the platforms and stuff yeah. like that so that was that was i mean adobe summit's great because they always i mean the after show is always mm. something to, i mean i think when i the first time i went they had the killers on nice yeah yeah, so you, you just go to these events at a different level from me. Yeah, no, I don't know. I'm going I mean, to like sports tech awards. Yeah, yeah, well, that was good. <laughs> I mean, like leaders for me, I've I've been to a couple of those now, yeah. and they I, I quite enjoy. I don't those. think I'll get I'll be allowed this year now. I'm back agency. Stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I can't yeah. think my press pass will work. This yeah, time. we can we you can still try. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think they're listening to this podcast quite yet. So, <laughs> so you'll probably get you away. Know, with you never know. Cool. So platforms like Optro and Copper 90s, what are the challenges these guys face when they don't own the sports rights and how will they keep relevant? I've got a little bit of insight because I used to work at Copper 90. Okay. Their challenge is how they're going to make money. I know they're kind of going down the merchandise route. Yeah. An obvious route for them is is licensing some of their long-form content. Yeah. And selling that in, so to studios. Yeah. 
Netflix, probably. Exactly. Everyone's Things like that. that. Yeah. So there are avenues yeah. for them to explore. Yeah. And they have the money to kind of give themselves some breathing space. Yeah. Someone like Otro, they kind of came in with a bang at the end of last year. Yeah. This is like the Players' Tribune, but video. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Like, they got Neymar on board. So yeah. They're kind of, they're doing a, an update of Neymar's in week by week. Yeah. Being hosted on, on Neymar's channel. Yeah. Right. Okay. With the kind of www.otro.com in the title. Got yeah. But it's like, I, I, I struggle to see at the moment how that's going to work. And we see the kind of issues that Players' Tribune's having at the moment where you can get a certain amount of content, but then it's kind of like, okay, now you need to start making money. Yeah. Okay, what do we do beyond ad money? You know, sponsored branding content only give you so much. Do you stick yourself behind a paywall and disappear? It's really, really tough. Publishing is just a really, really hard area to go in. So, yeah, ask me kind of outro end of the year. We'll see if it's still around. Yeah, right. Wow. Okay. Wow. Follow-up episode there. So moving on to the, the more classic uh uh, bit, I'm looking forward to the, this yeah, the real marketing rap questions. So, favorite hip hop track? Maybe. I'm going to give an extended answer to this. Yeah, one. that's fine. That's cool. We like I that. Don't, I know Tim Scott shoot, but I would say, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not on Joe's level in terms of hip hop random, but I got fascinated. With it. I know you listen to hip hop save my life. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I love I that. Uh, so it's Ron O'Shrag and Nathan's podcast. In fact, I'm definitely giving him a big ups for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've got, we've got <laughs> but then it's like Netflix. You've got the Defiant Ones, which is brilliant, brilliant yeah. shit series on that. Yeah. Uh, behind the kind of beats and what, how yeah, that Yeah, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. I watched The Get Down, which is probably not really... Oh, people. do you know that? I love I love the start I of it. And then that. as soon as it started getting into like Series 2, Series yeah, 3, I yeah, lost interest yeah. when it got away from the yeah. origins of it. Yeah, the first... The first but I would three. say, coming back to your original question, I'd say two aspects. My first introduction to hip-hop was probably around the classic Snoop Dogg um, with Doggy Style, Gin and Juice. And gin and Juice was wicked. Which is like 93. Yeah. But in terms of like my favourite... Probably something like 50 Cent. Okay. In the house. Yeah, okay. Just because it's a massive track. Yeah, yeah. And just really get you going. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so that one will probably That's knock cool. it down with any kind of hip-hop official. No, 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 no. Everyone's got their own thing. And, you, I mean, I Gin, kind of gin and Juice. I yeah, love yeah. you know, like Eminem, you know, yeah. and things like yeah. that. Just yeah, fantastic. Finally, let's kind so of do, do the reverse introduction <laughs> and just maybe talk about yourself a little bit, what you've been up to over the years um and where we can find you online yeah i mean like everywhere you just pretty much google's yeah. digital sport you will find dan mcclaren somewhere but, but i'm not involved with digital sport anymore so no you're not no but i mean digital sport as a topic yeah rather than as a brand maybe maybe uh but if you do digital digital sport you probably come up with yeah. digital sport so that was yeah. my thing for quite a few years originally it was uk sports network from like 2010 to 15 yeah then i'll go into a partnership and then kind of over the next three years which was a full-time business for a year yeah and then i left that last summer um one of the main things is i'm old uh, <laughs> but i have two young children yeah um so my daughter was born last sex so it's like okay i need to earn some proper money so i currently work as head of digital at an agency called cinequan non-international qn for short uh based in henley so it's a nice up, part of the world it's a lovely part of the world i can't complain on that and the walks down in the yeah, morning yeah uh with henry raw regatta being one of my main clients yeah so i'll be running all the social for that so hopefully it'll go well if it doesn't pretend i've ever said this <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> yeah. it'll go fine but we also have to like tata communications hyundai motorsport toyota motorsport a lot of motorsport some cosworth as well so it's mainly kind of tech companies automotive and sports yeah kind of mix, mix. um 
so some sponsorship, some comms, and it's me trying to filter in with the digital side yeah. of things. So I'm trying to be a bit more strategic as as my experience lends into that, getting yeah. a little bit away from posting day to day. Yeah, I'd say I've worked mainly agency side with the likes of Amy, BBDO, We Are Social, Cara. Yeah, run my own agency for a couple of years as yeah. well. So very agency-based. I originally had the thing I'd love to work for Whitehall or a team or something like that. Yeah. I'll pass that now. Really, thanks for your time. Really no interesting conversations. We will get this one out very, very soon. So, yeah, great interview with, with Dan there. Um, definitely go and check out something quite new, which is his latest um, podcast endeavour. Um, I was lucky enough to be interviewed on on that one, um, so I'm sure that will come out. In fact, I know he will get his interview out before we manage to get out. <laughs> that's it's probably up. live this morning. Let's be yeah, honest. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and that's generally how slack we are. Or, well, let's not say we're slack. Actually, let's just say we we have other priorities. So, uh, just trying to fit this in the gaps, aren't we? <laughs> but, um, and I think you've seen new and interesting in the news um as uh, as you mentioned i've kind of been a little bit sort of uh, preoccupied at the moment but uh, always got an eye for a, a good little campaign and um i guess the the thing that's kind of really stood out for me over the last kind of well a few days at least in terms of the, the time we're recording this anyway is uh, is tiger woods with the masters which is quite phenomenal and uh, you might be thinking, why am I bringing up Tiger Woods? Although this is a sports-themed episode, so I guess it kind of works quite well. But, um, but yeah, obviously, uh, one of his first kind of major title in something like 11 years or something. It was pretty awesome. But um, the reason I bring it up is that Nike, um, who still sponsor Tiger Woods, um, put together a really cool video, like literally, it seems like, minutes after he won the uh, uh won the masters and you've got to imagine that they weren't necessarily planning to uh to put together a, a cool video um about his uh his kind of winning of that tournament and do you think that or do you think that they have lined up a whole load of various videos based on the athletes that they're sponsoring at that event and drop the right one at the right time and just throw the rest of it away yeah i, I mean i guess that that could have happened um but, I mean, he hasn't won in, like, 11 years. I mean, they can't have been kind of planning necessarily to kind yeah, of do true, anything true. too significant with that. But, yeah. um, but to be fair, that they could have done. But, um, but my point is that, um, you know, it's just a great example of, of being nimble and responsive. And although the video is quite cool, it's not necessarily at the same production level as some of the recent stuff that you've seen from Nike. So again, it, it also shows that actually you don't need to have to get something to a hundred percent, you know, actually yep. getting it to 70% and getting it out there and just letting people kind of interact and consume it is, is almost the most important thing. So uh, I guess there was a, an interesting little takeaway for me, particularly as I'm obviously trying to build an agency at the moment is not obsess about perfection, like yep. actually getting it to 70% and out there and then on to the next thing is, yep. is probably a key thing to, to kind of, um, you know, really prioritize. So that for yeah. me was kind of, kind of interesting, particularly with other things going on in, uh, in my world at the moment. Sure. And I think like the other element is the more and more I work in the, this industry, the more and more I think the words are really important. Like yeah. sometimes it isn't the pictures, the pictures can help, but actually it's the words and the message mm. 
um, and the way that you deliver that can be because that bit can be quite quick, right? You can script something fairly quickly. Yeah, yeah, you can true. get a voiceover on it, and then really, it's just about finding some, you know, some B roll. Quite frankly, yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. exactly. And then just putting that together in an edit, and you're done. Mm. Um, but it's actually getting the words right and that kind of thing. Yeah, you're right. And that's so. obviously something that Nike do pretty well, don't they? They always have some quite emotive kind of copy and and kind of messaging and stuff like that, which uh, yeah. you know I think helps them stand out. But uh, yeah, you're right. You know, the, the copy is a key kind of aspect of all of this. But um, but yeah, that one kind of kind of was interesting on on a couple of fronts. A you know obviously first time in eleven years, but also you know just Nike doing some cool stuff as always. Yeah, yeah. I think so. The thing that I've um, seen, and it's not, I'm not necessarily, it's like new news or anything particular. And we did touch on it in the interview, but, um, you know, how Adam Silver, who is the uh, head honcho at the NBA, and how the NBA is looking at kind of different formats and maybe shortening the season. And they talk about, um, the load management on players, but I think there's also a big part of the consumption behaviors in, in audiences and, you know, younger audiences aren't necessarily sitting there watching a full game. Even the fact that the NBA have basically selling the the fourth quarter at a, a smaller cost on their OTT platform so that they can, so you can just catch the last quarter rather than pay for the whole game. I think looking at different formats is becoming more and more prevalent and i don't think it's just the sport as a format but i think really optimizing your formats for your channels is becoming more and more and more important but i think sport as you um, as we kind of dug into in a big way over the last couple of episodes um it's super fascinating just the way that um things are changing so rapidly and all these kind of niche sports um you know coming up and really challenging the the kind of established players and esports i mean some of the crowds for some of those big tournaments it's crazy. are just that insane stuff crazy. aren't they yeah. it's just that stuff is absolutely crazy i will probably have to get one of my uh esports contacts on on this podcast at some point definitely that would be um, a really cool episode and, yeah uh, we can get get them uh, to talk all about what they're uh, doing and experiencing yeah, yeah. I mean, some of the um, the kind of players are getting this multi-million dollar sponsorship kind of packages, and it's just uh, it's just crazy, but um, in a cool way. Yeah, it's nice. Totally, totally. Right, good we'll stuff. better wrap up. Yeah, another good one. Thanks for listening to Real Marketing Wrap, and if you like what you heard, don't forget to share the word. You can follow Joe on Twitter at Joe and Tim at TBush. Big shout out to DJ Tiger Style for the music. You can check him out on djtigerstyle.com. For more about us, join our WhatsApp group. You can check that out on realmarketingrap.com. Peace out, people, and keep it real till next time.